0: There's a spirit in our land Raising up the kind of man With a burning in his heart to be free Like the preacher men of old He can't be bought, he can't be sold What did they preach? They preached liberty who love their liberty. Liberty to exercise all their God-given rights granted them at the time of their birth. The right to speak their arms and pray, worship God and land and say, from bad law we will keep our people free. Through the jury we'll guard our liberty. All the king into accounting for his disregard of law. Told their people not to yield before his threats. For God established rulers to protect the rights of man. And ordained government to fit into his plan. To maintain his people's liberty. Liberty to exercise all their. God. And granted them at the time of their birth, the right to speak their arms and pray, worship God and land and say from their law, we will keep our people free. Through the jewelry, we'll guard our liberty. Such preacher men today to show our people the way To redeem their lost liberty The bars of hell cannot prevail Against one man who'll take a stand From the cold death Expose tyranny And teach his people liberty Liberty to exercise All that God-given rights to them the time of their birth, the right to speak their arms and pray, worship God on land and say from bad law, we will keep our people free. Through the jury, we'll guard our liberty. Jury says, not guilty we choose to acquit the state was wrong to charge him. This law is not fit for a people who love their liberty for a people who will die for liberty.
1: Greetings ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the voice of liberty. This is Rick Tyler. Thanking you for tuning in. Well, we have another day before us by the grace of God, and it's important that we realize that that God that we serve, the God of Scripture, He is sovereign. He is on the throne of the universe. Nothing happens apart from His sufferance, apart from His allowing it to happen. And of course, this includes all of the wicked machinations of those powerful forces that operate in this world, that seemingly are in control, that seemingly are invincible. Now, there are many people among the ranks of well-intentioned and, for the most part, right-thinking people who are forever prone to being susceptible to wishful thinking pipe dreams, pie in the sky. Those are the people who, against the backdrop of a reality that dictates otherwise, they forever believe that that somehow solutions can be brought forth to problems at the local, state, or national, or international level, that solutions can be brought forth in the absence of any semblance of what we would call cause and effect reality. Now, it's admirable for somebody to be an optimist, even an incurable optimist or a cockeyed optimist. Better to be an optimist than a pessimist. But there is a healthy balance Between the two, optimism is a great thing because negativism is contagious and it is debilitating in and of itself and it is also contrary to the truth of Scripture. But it is also contrary to the truth of Scripture to believe that solutions can be affected and that they can be forthcoming in the absence of recognition of cause and effect reality and also in the absence of the embracing of what we would call hardcore truth, or I like to call it the full spectrum of truth. Politics has been called the art of the possible. And yes, it is necessary in order to navigate the often turbulent waters of of political discourse and activism. It is necessary at times to maneuver in a tactical manner whereby battles are selected from that tactical perspective and whereby we understand that it is impossible to simultaneously deal with every pertinent or important issue. But at the same time, there must be vigilance to prevent compromise and to prevent the type of selling out mentality that is all too typical of the conservative or what has come to be the, the Republican uh, wing of the political system that at least as far as oratory and lip service champions uh, principles that are more in sync and more in line with traditional values and even biblical truth, it is dangerous to get into the mode of being very lukewarm. And that is, of course, what uh, the so-called conservative or Republican uh, wing of the political system has become, extremely lukewarm, almost conditioned uh, to a loser mentality overall. Now, uh, in the outworking of the game of politics and remember, FDR said many years ago that if it happens in politics, you can be sure that it was planned, and for the most part, uh, this holds true, even though our people don't like to believe that. They like to pretend otherwise. But it is a very, very commonplace in the unfolding of political affairs and events for the supposedly conservative or patriotic or constitutional or Christian-leaning wing of the political system Uh, even though they will here and there score minor victories. Nevertheless, it is like their overall mission statement and their overall assignment in the outworking of the big script uh, that has been established and orchestrated is to lose, to lose time and time and time again. Even when they win, such as in the election of Donald Trump, They still lose in the outworking of the presidency because under a Trump administration, the Justice Department, for instance, was not an extension of of Trump's administration but was constantly at war with the very administration that, that it was supposedly under the oversight of. An attorney general under Donald Trump could not in any way get away with doing the things that an attorney general under a Barack Obama could get away with, an Eric Holder, for instance. And by the way, Eric Holder, uh, this man, if you research his background, when he was at the university or college level, he actually participated in armed takeover of a building on the college campus. This guy is a revolutionary Marxist with a violent history. And yet, Eric Holder was attorney general, Approved by the U.S. Senate, Attorney General under Barack Obama, and he was overtly partisan in everything that he did, and of course oversaw a Justice Department that was replete with and chock full of of criminality, uh, in the form of uh, such scandals as Fast and Furious. So, so again, this is the the contrast. Now, once again, it, it is the the script, if you will, it is the assignment. Uh, for the supposedly conservative or patriotic or constitutional or Christian-leaning party to lose and lose and lose. And even when they win, they still lose uh, within the, the confines of that supposed victory, such as in the Trump administration. It's like uh, the old uh, basketball team. I guess probably they're still uh, active and, and putting on their show, but the basketball team called the Harlem Globetrotters. There was always a team that traveled with them. I think they were called back when I was young, the Washington Generals. And it was the assignment. It was the the scripted duty of the Washington Generals to lose every game to the Harlem Globetrotters. Putting up a, a good uh, performance for the most part, but nevertheless, the assignment was to always lose. And so these are the way, or these are the methods whereby, Uh, This system that we're dealing with is continuously and routinely perpetuated. And it's a nauseating, despicable, disgusting reality that we're ceaselessly subjected to, especially given the fact that part of this plan, evidently, is to constantly ratchet up the level and the degree of absurdity and insanity, and the preposterous aspects of it to the point where it just seemingly is off the charts. At times it seems like, surely, it couldn't get any more bizarre and outrageous than it is. And then, of course, it does. There is a never-ending propensity toward a level of, Abject insanity, that's, that's all we can really call it. It is insane. It is devoid of, of any semblance whatsoever of sanity and rationality. How a presidential election can be stolen in broad daylight. How there can be so many different factors that constitute and, and make up the theft differentiating factors that each one in and of itself could and should disqualify the bogus result that has been foisted upon us. And yet, it happens, and there is no recourse. There is no remedy at law. And of course, we have heard bandied about the the quote, the saying that that those who make peaceful redress or revolution impossible guarantee that there will be violent revolution. And of course, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that at the present time, that is what the enemies of liberty and truth desire. Just like in the time of the war between the states, slavery was on its way out there would have been an amicable and peaceful resolution to the the conflict regarding that issue at least although i think that the the attempt to separate and secede was inevitable it was going to come uh, irrespective of the resolution of the the slavery disagreement but there was clearly a desire on the part of the prevailing behind-the-scenes, shadowy powers of that day to prematurely precipitate a violent conflict, to draw the South, the Confederacy, into a full-out war-type situation to enable the forces that were more properly equipped and prepared to be able to ultimately prevail in a protracted warfare-type conflict. And so, of course, we had uh, events such as Fort Sumter. Uh, We had preparatory phenomena such as the Knights of the Golden Circle, which were used to equip and train uh, Southern soldiers who were really not schooled in the arts of warfare. They were not prepared Uh, to even mount an offensive that would be indicative of any type of military formation or sufficiency or training. So the Knights of the Golden Circle filled in in this regard. And presto, we had a so-called civil war. Now, it really wasn't a civil war. It was the war between the states. But we had this conflict that ensued, and it was prematurely precipitated so as to ultimately provide the justification for the invasion of the Confederacy by the the armies of the national government. And after a long period of fratricidal war and conflict and killing, ultimately the conflict, it ground to a halt at Appomattox, And this was a major sea change event in the history of our country. We know that in the wake and in the aftermath of the war between the states we had odious amendments added to the the Constitution and things were changed in a perpetual manner much to the detriment of the North and the South. Now Again, the, the syndrome that we operate under and that we languish under is this continuing escalation of the absurdity quotient or index, the insanity quotient or index, the theft of an election in broad daylight, the abject and total refusal of the court system to consider and weigh the overwhelming cut-and-dried evidence relative to the theft of the election. The stonewalling and roadblock tactics and techniques at every level of governance to prevent truth from being established in the midst of the people of the nation. The perpetuation of the fraud, the advancement of the lie by a media that has grown up in America, in modern times, that in and of itself is a cartel-type criminal entity that exhibits the misleading notion of plurality and diversity in terms of outlets and networks, etc., but in reality is monolithic in terms of its, its propensity at every turn to just simply perpetuate the party line there may be different shades and different minor uh, colorations uh, that that are differentiated from the others but overall the message is consistent it is the party line it is the globalist agenda it is an unbroken protracted never ending artesian well of lies and deceit and deception that ceaselessly and constantly props up the subversive institutions and policies and practices that surround us 360 degrees and keeps people from ever having the opportunity to hear in crystal clear unambiguous fashion the actual truth, the actual explanation of what has happened is happening and is likely to transpire in the days ahead this media of course is monopolistic and even back in the days when there were three networks even at that time the three networks were clearly under the control of the same dominating force Now there are many more networks and programs via uh, the cable systems. And of course, we have entered now an age where the tech giants and this realm, this world uh, plays an increasingly influential role in the perpetuation of the fraud and of the enslavement of the minds of the people. It has become suffocating. It has become overwhelming. Of course, many people succumb to the Stockholm Syndrome and they actually begin to revere and love their captors. And even among those who are not candidates for the Stockholm Syndrome, there is a beating down effect that takes place through the relentless mind games and the relentless assault upon the integrity and the sanity the sanity of the body politic. It takes its toll in time upon even the stalwart defenders of truth. It can lead to the belief, the sensation, the perception that there is no hope. And of course, this partially explains what I began this broadcast with, which was the recognition of the fact that there are a great many people that are readily susceptible to the pie in the sky, wishful thinking uh, type hypotheticals and scenarios. And of course, this is manifested in the extreme in uh, things such as the QAnon phenomenon or movement, where people buy into and they embrace uh, this notion or this idea that they're is a cadre of, of good guys that are deeply embedded within the system who at just the right time will pull the right strings and maneuver the right levers of power to bring to justice all of the rogue and wayward elements that are so prevalent and obvious within the intelligence community and the, the deep state and within the system in general. The QAnon uh, phenomenon is is something that has played very, very significantly and prominently uh, during the Trump years in terms of people believing that Trump was actually placed into uh, the position of power that he occupied by the manipulative machinations of this cadre of, of white hat wearing good guys within the system and that Trump... Uh, was functioning as a master strategist and that at the right time, Trump being uh, very, very much in sync with this invisible cadre of good guys was going to jerk a knot in the head of the evil forces and round them all up and bring them to justice and take them to Guantanamo and put them on trial before military tribunals and somehow reestablish the legitimacy of the republic that was stolen uh, through devious mechanisms in decades past, et cetera, et cetera, et etc. This is the Q phenomenon in a nutshell, and it continues, even in the wake and in the aftermath of what has happened. It continues to hold a certain degree of power and potency over the minds of many of the wishful thinking type people that are otherwise potentially useful members of the resistance to this globalist juggernaut that is devouring all of our rights and liberties to the point where we are really at the edge of the abyss right now. The sword of Democles is hanging over us, getting ready to fall. Time is of the essence, and the last thing we need right now is this wishful thinking construct operating with effectiveness in our midst. Now, I will readily acknowledge that it is a very grim-looking uh, set of circumstances that we face, but it has been for a long time. It has been grim for, for a great, great many years. And as the years and as the decades advance, it truly does get more and more grim and horrific in terms of the the prospects that we are looking at. What we're looking at is full-blown tyranny, communism, uh, total government over the people, like Orwell described in 1984, a boot stomping on a human face forever. This is what we are looking at, the evolution and realization of. But of course, we need to realize that that our ancestors, our forebears, the progenitors of our uh, race of people and stock of people in the earth today They have undergone horrific circumstances in times past. Now, there has never been the technological edge and advantage that the forces of evil possess today, but our forefathers in times of old, in biblical times, they faced dreadful prospects and consequences routinely and cyclically. Fox's Book of Martyrs is an account of of the trail of blood throughout the, the generations and centuries that is marked... The advance and the ongoing trek for survival throughout the ages of our people. Those who professed the Christian faith and refused to knuckle under and acquiesce to the the dictates of a satanic system of their time. So, let us not despair to the point where we feel like Elijah, after he uh, did what he did at Mount Carmel and, and slew prophets of Baal, but then felt like he was all alone. He was told in his time that there were 7,000 who had not bowed the knee to Baal. Paul reiterates this account when he addressed the church at Rome in the days of the early church, when he said even at this present time also, there is a remnant a cult that is called according to the election of grace. And we know that today, if we extrapolate forward, that today, In 2021, there is a remnant. There is the proverbial 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal today too. And we must understand that if God be for us, who can be against us? But it is crucial, it is critical, it is vital that we not be drawn into compromise and the rejection of hardcore truth. We must stay the course of the full spectrum of truth while, of course, simultaneously being savvy in terms of our our methods, our tactics, our practices. We want to be able to be wise as serpents, as Jesus commanded. We want to be able to outwit the Pharisees of our time. We want to be able to carry the broad sword of truth and yet use it with surgical precision as though it were a surgeon's scalpel at times. Now this is no uh, easy uh, objective or undertaking. It's quite difficult in fact and it must of necessity our plan of action, our game plan, our blueprint for dominion. It must be rooted and based upon and predicated upon biblical foundations and biblical truth. Because when all is said and done, heaven and earth will pass away, but only the word of God will last forever. And of course, we know in the Gospel of John chapter 1, it says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We are Christian supremacists if you want to get right down to it. There is no other religion in the world that is legitimate other than Christianity. Biblical Christianity, I might add. And there's a big difference between biblical Christianity and contemporary churchianity. Remember that. That what masquerades as legitimate and genuine biblical Christianity in many respects and probably in the majority of instances today it does not measure up to the actual standards of biblicity or biblical Christianity but at any rate it is biblical Christianity that we must found and base our activism and our plan of attack our plan of action upon because as we have alluded to in previous broadcasts Matthew 16:18 says The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. In other words, the church is like a battering ram, battering against the gates of hell, ultimately having the ability to prevail against the gates of hell. And what happens metaphorically when the gates are burst open? Well, then the the troops, the forces, the legions of those who are serving in the army of God Almighty can storm the citadel of evil, can wreak havoc in the camp of the enemy. And so again, Scripture must be our foundation. A president of America who was truly anointed and ordained by God would waste no time in doing that which has been done in the past by the scant few righteous kings of Israel in times of old, like a Jehoshaphat or a Josiah, what should be done by any truly God-fearing president. And, and of course, all politicians pay lip service to God, right? They all complete their speeches with, and may God bless America. But that's just a cliche for them. That's just a, a trite, uh, very superficial Tactic to seek to curry favor with the lukewarm, superficial Christians that comprise a significant percentage of the body politic. But what a genuine, God fearing, God ordained leader or president would do is that he would dust off the Bible, would open it up to various and sundry relevant and pertinent passages and would begin to literally make uh, his forum for communication a bully pulpit. Not just a figurative bully pulpit, as it's been called, but a literal pulpit. A legitimate, God-ordained president would begin to take Scripture and lay the foundation for the urgent necessity of spiritual revival. A legitimate God-ordained president would not in any way offer accommodation to sodomites or transgenders, these pathetic, tortured, lost souls who have fallen into such a level of lack of understanding of the natural law that they have given their lifestyle over to the commission of what historically have been known as crimes against nature. Crimes against nature. In the early days of this republic, if anybody, for instance, was, was caught uh, in an act of bestiality, they would be executed. They would be put to death, that the sin might be removed from the land. And, of course, it wasn't too terribly long ago that there was still a proper and biblically-based taboo. There was a proper condemnation of the activities of sodomites. They were classified, actually, as being mentally ill. And they are. Nature, of course, clearly condemns their practices and condemns their so-called lifestyle, which is really a death style. And yet, with a straight face, it is argued today that somehow this is not only natural and God-ordained, but it's actually something that's good and, and to be preferred and favorable. And then, of course, getting on that slippery slope of compromise and acceptance of evil then leads to the next lower rung of the ladder which is the transgender phenomenon and and now i guess for the first time in american national politics uh, we have a character we have an individual we have this figure that has been elevated to the the headship of a department of the of the federal government an individual who is is clearly a a mentally deranged man who thinks that he's a woman. How does this happen? Well, it it doesn't happen overnight. It happens because we make accommodations. We make compromises along the way. One thing leads to another, and it spirals downward. But, mark my words, we're nowhere near the bottom rung of the ladder yet. It can, and it will get worse God will humiliate this nation to the point where we have nowhere to look but up. We have nowhere to turn but toward him and the restoration of the foundations of old, the ancient landmarks that were mapped out and delineated for us in the word of God. And that's where we're headed at a quickening pace. Of course, another clear-cut dimension of this, this gaslighting syndrome is for there to be a supposed president named Biden. It is surreal to see this man being propped up as the supposed president Of America Unqualified Doesn't even begin To characterize The profile Of former U.S. Senator And former Vice President Supposedly Joe Biden That was of course also an illicit And illegitimate presidential administration Barack Obama was never The legitimate president of America He couldn't be And he wasn't And of course, things were not as flagrant and open as they are now during the Obama years. But it was itself a theater of the absurd. But it's being outdone by the new supposed Biden administration where we have a man who is undeniably not in possession of his mental faculties. We have a man that is titularly occupying the presidency who is in a state of dementia, who is incapable of exhibiting characteristics that would belie sanity and the possession of mental faculties. But even aside from that fact, Biden is a man who, in the past, has been so thoroughly discredited and disgraced that he had to actually withdraw from and drop out of a presidential candidacy when his plagiarism was exposed. He's a man who has now been fully exposed out of his own mouth as having done uh, things and carried out actions and policies on behalf of the Obama administration that, that are obviously criminal in nature. The shakedown in the Ukraine. And of course, the payola from China. And all of the damning evidence that concerns his son, Hunter Biden. The laptop. It goes on and on and on, ad infinitum. And yet, nevertheless, we are continuously subjected to the insult to everyone's sanity, and integrity of being told that this man is president. This man who who clearly, on the measuring stick of evaluation of presidents, would have to be at the very bottom of the barrel. And yet, we are told, he won a record-breaking number of votes. Now, the fraud is so obvious, it's so flagrant, it's so blatant, that To deny it is in and of itself, I believe, prima facie evidence of insanity. Anybody who sincerely and with a straight face denies the fraud whereby uh, we have witnessed the installation of, of supposed President Biden, anybody who denies that, I believe that that denial itself is prima facie evidence that they are either insane or they are just cynical and disingenuous to an exponential degree having no concern or care whatsoever for possessing integrity or having any any willingness whatsoever to acquiesce to the truth but again the lie is foisted upon us it is continuously propped up and now we are entering this new phase this post Trump period where The ruling party is now leveraging the events of January 6th, the supposed insurrection that never was. They're leveraging that to shift gears into outright warfare against the liberties, the scant few, I might add, that we still possess. And of course, working in tandem with the ongoing phony pandemic, we have this one-two punch now. The pandemic, of course, on its own plane or level of existence, has succeeded in conditioning the public to a ritualistic exercise of wearing a mask. It is clearly a ritualistic initiation into this globalist cult. That's what it is. That's the long and the short of it. Nothing more, nothing less. And sadly, tragically, large numbers, significant percentages of the American public go along with it, hook, line, and sinker. They buy into the lie. They buy into the delusion that somehow, A, that there really is a coronavirus, that there really is a pandemic. B, that wearing a mask somehow is a key to their maintaining their own safety and security from the perceived threat of the virus that really doesn't exist. And of course, also, uh, the belief has been established in the the minds of a significant percentage of the the electorate and of the population that that it is a good thing to, in addition to wearing a mask, to practice what is called social distancing. Now, of course, that's a classic euphemism that that describes something that is actually uh, the opposite, the antithesis of what its name implies. There's nothing social about distancing yourself from other people. It's anti-social distancing, and that's what it should be called. But it has more nefarious purposes, such as the account of people in 2018 in the airport in Beijing being forced to stay six feet apart from other people so that, and it was readily admitted in the airport in China, so that the face recognition software could accurately and readily identify everybody as they went through lines and they were processed en masse uh, through the airport. So social distancing is really all about the advancement of the high-tech police state where everything is being constantly filmed. Everything is ceaselessly on camera and the computer uh, technology and software is able to recognize people uh, through this face recognition technology. This is something that the Orwellian authoritarian powers relish the prospect of having everybody under 24-hour-a-day surveillance, knowing the movements and the whereabouts of everybody at any given time. And of course, ultimately, we know biochip implants are slated to become the norm. And of course, you can rest assured that there will be a very significant number of individuals, especially in the younger generation, who will line up to receive their implantable biochip when the time arrives for it to be rolled out with vim and vigor. So again, we are dealing with this extraordinary level of mind manipulation, this insanity that is designed to beat us down. And our only hope to overcome what is being marshaled and waged against us is to plant our feet firmly and squarely upon the foundations of eternal truth that can be found in only one place and that would be in the word of God, Holy Writ, the revelation of God, Scripture and the foundations are indeed there The liberating truth is there. The scripture itself tells us repeatedly that truth is the key to liberty. It tells us that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It tells us that the truth will set us free. It tells us that God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge or truth. It tells us that those who receive not the love of the truth will be given over to strong delusion that they might believe a lie. It tells us that God must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. And so, over and over again, repetitiously, the Word of God hammers away at the fact that truth is the most paramount, ultimate commodity in this universe. Something to be sought after, embraced, acquired, and adhered to at any and every time. Cost, And so once again, a legitimate God-ordained president, he would take the word of God, he would make the bully pulpit into a literal bully pulpit and begin to instruct the people of the land relative to what needs to be done as concerns the authority and the instruction set forth in the oracles of God, the word of God. National repentance is in order for any nation such as America who desires to be extricated from the otherwise deadly complex and syndrome that the nation is enveloped by right now. National repentance, national revival. And this again must be more than just vague and generic lip service to God. It must be specific in pointing to Jesus Christ as the sole mediator between God and man. The founders of this republic, they understood this theological premise and supposition. They did not labor under any delusions or or misconceptions. They knew and understood that Christianity based and predicated upon a recognition of the divinity of Jesus Christ, that it was the foundation of Western Christian civilization. Even those among their number who could arguably be pointed to as having significant influence, but even those among their number who were not necessarily apologists for the pillar doctrines of Orthodox Christian faith, namely the Christological doctrines, even those men who may have included Jefferson and Franklin, even those men nevertheless were staunch advocates of the proliferation of the Bible in the midst of the people of the land, especially the children, even having allocations monetarily during Jefferson's administration Forthcoming to put Bibles into the hands of the students within the jurisdiction of the seat of government at that time. And by the way, there was a time when the nation's capital wasn't the cesspool of filth and perversion and insanity that it has become today. There was a time when if statehood had been given to D.C., which of course it never should because... To do so would be utterly unconstitutional, but there was a time when if it had been granted, it would have only ensured uh, more representation of a right and proper thinking nature in the government versus today, where if the corrupt criminal uh, cartel that is has usurped power at present, if they have their way, they will make D.C. and Puerto Rico states and Automatically, this will add four uh, new U.S. senators who will be uh, Marxist, socialistic in their orientation and will, in all probability, also be black in terms of their uh, racial identification. And, needless to say, in the ultimate crosshairs in our nation today and in our civilization, marked for destruction is none other than than the caucasian race our numbers are diminishing and dwindling at breakneck speed in a scant half of century we've gone from approximately a third of the world's population to less than 10 percent and i hopefully don't need to remind everybody that when caucasian man or even european man more specifically wields power and influence in regions of the world that are populated by non-Caucasians, there is an overarching uh, construct of magnanimity and charity extended towards the people who have been either uh, colonized or have been in some way augmented in terms of their Uh, ability to establish technological innovations, etc. There is this charitable magnanimous approach whereby great benevolence is bestowed upon the peoples in question. The flip side, of course, is that once those who are non-Caucasian seize power and wield and are able to lord power over Caucasians, or those of the white or European strain, racially speaking, that it is very different. Instead, there is persecution, there is bloodshed, there is oppression, there is genocidal activity designed to eradicate the white race from the face of the earth, ultimately. That is the openly stated objective of many of the more honest and open voices of militancy within the non-white world. And so if we abdicate our position of responsibility and of authority and of tutelage in this world, what has been referenced in days past as the white man's burden, if we abdicate that role and responsibility, then we will pay a dreadful price in the form of the unchecked genocidal mania of those who want to stomp us out and eradicate us from the face of the earth. Now, of course, it's exceedingly foolish for that to be pursued as a goal and objective because when there is white flight, there is a corresponding brain drain and the circumstances then come to pass where there is nobody able to, capable of, or qualified to operate the sophisticated machinery of advanced civilization. Well, my dear friends, I would encourage you to turn to the words of Scripture in our next broadcast. We are going to focus on Psalm 91, Psalm 91. You may want to read that preparatory to the next broadcast, God willing, tomorrow where we will begin by looking at Psalm 91 and seeking to glean truth, power, and inspiration from that chapter of Holy Writ in terms of of it being a critical, pivotal passage of Scripture, chapter of Scripture, for the laying of the groundwork that we need to be able to stand upon so that policies and blueprints for action and agendas and manifestos can be mapped out and then implemented and put into action towards the restoration of sanity and stability and safety in our land today. We're talking about, of course, exceedingly difficult objectives, but we have no choice other than to marshal the resources and the energies that are necessary to begin this difficult and arduous process of bringing about and facilitating the restoration of Western Christian civilization. Our enemies abound. They proliferate on every front. Their visage is menacing and grotesque and hideous. They have murder in their eyes and in their hearts they have the taste of blood and they want to subjugate us. They want to destroy and plunder and pillage and rape and steal. Like John chapter 10 verse 10 says, the thief cometh not but for to kill and to destroy. But that abundant life that is spoken of in John 10, 10 as well is what our Messiah, what Jesus Christ would have us to be in avid pursuit of, willing to pay the price that is required by the God of Scripture, and we must be so willing indeed. Well, I would like to give you information on how to communicate with us. You can write to P.O. Box two seven four, Etowah, E T O W A H, Tennessee three seven three three one, or you can call us at four two three two four one. 7902 or email us at voiceofliberty1776 at gmail.com. We welcome your correspondence, your communication, your calls, whatever mode you might choose to communicate through. We certainly would love to hear from you. Remember there's that 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal and as we coalesce and come together in the days ahead and and by the way the technology of our modern era enables us to do that in a way that our forebears could not even remotely envision and that includes even the ability to traverse a very very significant geographical distances to be able to come together either for a fleeting event such as a conference or a convention which we hope to be able to announce in the not too distant future or even for purposes of, of relocation to the point where, where a significant number of those who, who feel motivated to actually geographically change their location so as to be in the midst of and in the thick of something that is evolving and developing that could be historically noteworthy possibly even unprecedented in our modern times. The territorial imperative, the dominion mandate. Uh, We need to have a plan, a realistic, viable plan. Now, of course, even the most realistic and viable plan couldn't possibly hope to succeed without the benevolence of God being bestowed upon us and his provision and protection and the timeliness of doing things within uh, his will, within his sovereign timetable. But it is possible. And you know, it's interesting. People will pull up roots and as they've done historically, they will uh, rush out to California for a gold rush or they will uh, pull out all the stops in order to change their geographic location for far less lofty and noteworthy purposes as what we're speaking of here. Wouldn't you possibly like to be involved in in some type of gathering together for the purpose of taking dominion uh, of a body or a group of people who would actually, in a sparsely populated county of this country, have the potential to not only be a force to be reckoned with in the body politic, but but possibly even to tip the scales to the point where county commissioners or a sheriff or both could be elected, who would exhibit and manifest dedication to the principles that we speak of in this broadcast and others like it. Well, my dear friends, this is something we should be chomping at the bit in pursuit of, I submit to you. So hopefully we will hear from you in the days ahead and, and we would wish you the favor and the blessing of God Almighty and certainly his protection in the days ahead because perilous times are enveloping us. Until our next broadcast, this is Rick Tyler, thanking you for having tuned in and bidding you farewell.
0: We need such preacher men today to show our people the way to redeem their lost liberty. The bars of hell cannot prevail against one man who'll take a from the cold, exposed tyranny, and teach his people liberty, liberty to exercise all the God-given rights granted them at the time of their birth—the right to speak, their arms, and pray, worship God on land and say, From bad law, we will keep our people free our liberty, liberty to exercise all the God-given rights granted them at the time of their birth.